0: Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. Acts chapter 1, verse number 4, it's on, great. It says this, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, this is Jesus, now he's he's he died, they buried him, and now he appears to them, and he's not just like a spirit floating, he's like eating with them. First thing he eats is boiled fish, Uh, wild caught, of course, from Whole Foods. Uh, And and so, you know, he's eating, and now he's eating. He's just eating with them. I I love that Jesus was into eating. I'm a foodie myself. And so on this occasion, he was eating with them, and he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, or or I could say do not leave L.A. Do not leave your block. Do not leave the arts district, wherever you're from. Do not leave Jerusalem, but... What does it say? Wait, wait. But what? Wait. Do not leave, but wait. Well, if you're not leaving, you are waiting. But he's just kind of emphasizing that. I I underlined that in my Bible. I highlighted it four times. Because I don't know about you, but I hate waiting. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't like waiting. I don't like lines. I don't like Disneyland unless I'm on the ride. And then I'm like, okay, this place is okay. And then I get another line. I'm like... I hate, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go, I'm going to go postal. I don't, I don't know, I, you know, I hate lines. I hate microwaves. Now, that's crazy if you hate microwaves. Because I'm like waiting three minutes for popcorn. I'm like, can't they do it in 30 seconds? Can't there be a faster, like, situation? Like, I hate when people cut in front of me in line. I'm a pastor, and I'm supposed to be nice to people, but something comes out. Like, someone cuts in front of me in line. I'm like, oh, did you not see me? You, you did it, you did it, you did it. You know, I hate waiting. So I underline that. I don't know if, if you're with me, but, but so God does ask them to wait. God, God said, I, I know you don't like waiting. I know you're a pioneer. I know, you, I know you like movement. I know you like to the next thing and on to the next one. Okay, we done with that. Now let's go to the next relationship because that one, ain't okay, I'm, I'm done. I need something new. I need something fresh. I'm tired. I don't want to wait any longer for this healing. I don't want to wait any longer for this raise. You promised me. I don't want to wait anymore for my marriage to be healed. You promised me my mom would be saved. I don't I don't want to wait for breakthrough. I want the promise now. I, I want to I I, mean, I guess I'm just talking to myself. I don't know if there's anybody that can relate uh, to, to help a brother out. I don't know if there's anybody that can relate to to, to to do you hate the wait? They say it's worth the wait and I'm like, yeah, like, yeah have you ever waited? He has worth it when it's done. But in it, I mean, you, you, could, you could be in your right mind. You, you, could be, you could be a believer. You could be, so, you could be a saint. You worship at, at 10 and 2. I mean, you got it all down. But, but the waiting, it, it could make a grown man cry. God looks at them and says, here's how the promise is going to come. <laughs> you're going to go, and you're going you're gonna to wait. It's part of it. Not I didn't stutter. You got to go. Most dangerous word in the Bible. Go. Most of us have crafted out and said no. Over and over, God says, "Go, go, make disciples." of all nations go 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 don't get stuck in the salt shaker shake the salt out let's get the salt out of the shaker it's no good inside the shaker we got to get it out into the world look I, I don't want you just to help me in this church raise up a great church we sit in our little ship no no we got to go out into this world we got to be the salt and light in the earth but to do that god's got to shake the salt shaker isn't it crazy when he starts shaking the shaker Her are like god Did you forget me with these bills? Did you leave me with a job? You know, sometimes the blessing of God could come in getting fired from your job. Sometimes the greatest blessing could be that you are sick in your body. Because you said, God, use me. And he said, "Okay, how I'm going to use you is I've appointed you to a testimony on the other side of that sickness that you're going to broadcast to everyone around you. You keep asking for people to be saved, and God said, no, here's how I'm going to save you. I'm going to make you a witness on the trial stand, and you're going to go through some tests and some trials and some situations. I'm going to shake the salt shaker because you said, I don't want to be just in this anymore. I want to be effective in my world. I want to be like the people that I never saw be in my life. I, I want to change the world, God. I don't want to just talk about it. I don't want to dream about it. I want to live in the dreams. I ha- do, I have a, do I have a witness? Do I have anyone? Okay. He says this. I want you to go and wait. For the gift is in the waiting. The gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water... But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Spirit's power. I want to to preach a thought to you just for a few moments. I want to speak a thought. i want to teach a thought, however this comes out. Just for a few moments. And, And we have that thought up here. I want you to put that title of my message up here. The God of the tension in the waiting. The God of the tension in the waiting. I didn't know God could be God of attention. I didn't know God could be a God of the pain, the problem, the, the, the stretch. The, the... I knew he was God of the waiting, but I didn't know he also was God of the tension. God, we just pray right now, Father, Lord, that we would be the church of power. Lord, as we read about the first church, God, you would set us on fire to become the church that you left. Father, we don't want to be the bride of Frankenstein, dead, man-made, and put together, shocked by lightning once a year to come alive. Father, we want to be the bride of Christ, beautiful without spot or wrinkle, God, Lord, presented to its groom. God, we ask, Holy Spirit, you would clean us, you would wash us with the water of your word. You would remind us who the first church was, not the American church, not the church we grew up in. Lord, let these stories come off the page and revolutionize our life in Jesus' mighty name. As somebody that got some passion in the room, I want you to say amen. Come on, amen. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. God says, go and wait. I got this gift. I got this promise. I got this power. You know, all these people return from from running. You know, one of the saddest verses in the Bible is found in Mark. When At the end of the cross, it says that when Jesus was captured, his disciples left. His disciples abandoned him. His disciples left. They, They went back to their businesses. They went back to their 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 old ways of life they went back they they became who they used to be they it's it's hard to understand how someone could taste this and then walk away but but it's very clear in the bible that many people tasted who jesus was they saw his miracles they were in pastor jesus's youth group and and many of them just left just i can't hang with that i can't uh, you know jesus didn't ask to to give your tithes he said no i don't want to tithe I, i want everything I mean, this will revolutionize you because we get worried about the tithe. Like, oh, the church wants my tithe. No, no, church doesn't want anything. God wants your life. He wants all of it. He he wants every. He he doesn't just want your money. He wants your your time. He wants your energy. He wants your emotions. He wants your family. He wants it all. He said, hey, all of it's mine. And here's the reason why I want it all. Because I do better running it than you do. And so these people, man, they ran, they, they bailed, they, they backslid, they, they, they backslid so far, man. They, they, were, they were out of the game. And, and then Jesus shows up to him, he pulls them back into the party. He says, no, no, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to turn, but, but it's okay. I, I, I planned enough grace for that. I, I put in an, I'm rich in mercy and rich in grace. So come on back. So no matter how far you run, you know, guess what? Jesus is coming after you, baby. I'm, I'm telling you, there are songs that they wrote that said, I found Jesus. I didn't find jesus he found me man i wasn't looking for jesus i might have been looking for the jesus i thought he was but the jesus he really was wrecked my life he wasn't the jesus that i thought he fit into a nice little plastic box no he came into my mess man he came into the middle of my jacked up could not be your pastor don't deserve to even be up here person's life And found me where I was at, and he did the same thing for these disciples. He's eating with them, he's hanging out with them. He says, I have a promise for you. It's the promise my father's been promising since the beginning. It's been there. They've they've been talking about this. David wished he could have had it, Samuel wished he could have had it, but but this is for you. He said, All you gotta do to receive it is go and wait. (sighs) Ah, what about now? I want it now. I want that thing now, Jesus. I deserve it. Now I came back. Can we get some sneak peeks on it? Can can you unwrap the wrapping just a little bit? Can you tell me where you hid it? My mom used to hide my gifts all the time. One one year, my mom, and I'm confessing now, my mom hid my new snowboard goggles. I didn't know I had a new snowboard goggles. I tricked my sister into telling what my mom bought me. I went and snuck, opened the wrapper, wore the snowboard goggles three times, forgot to wrap them back up for Christmas and as we're out there at Christmas, she's like, I can't wait to give you a gift. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I told my sister, I'm going to tell you. You told me if you don't distract mom. So I went and rewrapped a present, put it back under the tree. Why? Because I hate waiting. Yes. When God looks at the disciples and he said, I'm in the waiting. I'm in the tension. I'm, I'm in... Not you not seeing it yet. I, 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 there's a process in, in, in there's a promise in the process, and, and the process is a part of the promise. And, and he says, I want to give you something that will revolutionize your world that will. What if God said, I want to give you something, Ray. It's so radical, That's going to flip L.A. upside down. Literally, people, hundreds of thousands of people are going to come to my love, are going to be found in my love. I want to give you a weapon, a tool. You've been feeling like you've been working and not seeing anything. God goes, I want to give you a secret thing. Something that's been promised to the prophets, I'm going to give it to you. But in order to receive it, you got to go and wait. And So they did that, right? The Bible says it continues and And I'm reading through this with you. I'm reading this this month. Hopefully, you're opening the book of Acts this month and just reading through it, just chewing on it piece by piece, verse by verse. And it says this, it continues in verse 12. It says, so they returned to Jerusalem. They went from the hill called the Mountain of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they're following what Jesus asked them to do. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying, those present were Peter, and then it goes on to name all the apostles and uh, disciples, and it names all the ones, and uh, and, and and even Judas's son is there. Uh, and, and then they joined them together in verse four. They joined fourteen. They all joined together uh, constantly in prayer, along with the women. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. So, for all my Catholic friends, Mary was in the upper room. Mary was Pentecostal. If you didn't know what that means, Mary, Mary prophesied. She prayed in the spirit. Mary was there for all my Catholic friends. If you want to know uh, these books, can I name some books of people that that operated in the spirit? Uh, The whole gospel, every single book in the gospel, every writer of every book in the gospel operated in the supernatural. They were there in the upper room and experienced this. It's so funny how the church has gotten so natural. We've gotten so, so natural when God is the God of the supernatural. Yeah, <laughs> Salvation, supernatural. <laughs> I mean, you come in here, broke, joke, you, you disgusted, messed up, and God goes, okay, good. You, you, you pray a little prayer. God, come into my life. And everything is removed. Every sin, every pain, every problem. In one instant. that's supernatural. You cannot go to the cleaners and get the stains out like that. Like this is supernatural. Lazarus raising from the dead, supernatural. Sea splitting, supernatural. Food falling from heaven, every every story in this book is supernatural. But as the church, to understand it, because supernatural doesn't fit in our brain, we become natural. And we're serving a supernatural God. We'll try to make him natural. He's a supernatural God, baby. He will revolutionize your mindset, your ideas. Every single writer of the New Testament was in the upper room. Baby, they, they, were, they were walking in the Holy Spirit's power. They raised the dead. They healed the sick. They cast out demons. This was normal, average, regular Christianity, including Mother Mary. And here they are. They're hanging out. They're praying daily. And the Bible says in verse 15, in those days... Peter stood up amongst the believers, a group numbering about 120. And he said, Brothers, the scripture to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas. Then he says, Who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our numbers. And he shared in our ministry. You can hear how Peter's being real proper. I mean, these are the people, of course, they knew who Judas was. He's like, you remember Judas? Remember that guy? He served in the numbers of those people that came and got our Jesus. It's funny how when you come back, you start acting all religious Peter starts acting all proper and religious, and he's he's up preaching this sermon, and, and here he is, and he's he said he, he was out of number of those who shared in his ministry, and he said verse eighteen with the reward he got for his wickedness, Judas bought a field where he fell headlong, his body burst open. Now now, whenever whenever you're trying to make something real big deal, make sure you get the piano playing, make sure you develop the story really big. Here's Judas. I, mean, I don't, here's Peter. I don't see anywhere else in the Bible where it's talking about all this crazy stuff that happened to Judas. But Peter's like, man, he fell in the field. His intestines spilled out. They call it the field of blood. I mean, I can picture him up there just, I mean, he's got this, he's working this thing. But he's working it without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit hasn't come yet because God didn't tell him to preach yet or minister yet. He told him to what? To wait. Peter gets up because I've been waiting and God, you didn't do anything. I've been we've been waiting and there must be something humanly that we missed because you wouldn't have us wait this long. You you wouldn't have me wait this long for healing. You wouldn't have me wait this long. It doesn't fit into my pattern of of when I thought you were going to do it. So because I didn't, there must have been something inhuman that we missed what you said Jesus didn't tell him to go and preach. He didn't tell him to stand up and speak to the rest of the apostles. He didn't tell him to fulfill. Later, he goes on to say, "He goes, hey, so, so here's the deal. Since Judas died, we got to replace Judas, because if we don't replace Judas, uh, you know, maybe this thing ain't gonna happen." We we gotta have the right numbers, we gotta have the right setup so that God could do what He's gonna do. We we gotta have the right lights, we gotta have the right building, we gotta have the right moment, we just gotta, just gotta the piano's gotta be playing for breakthrough. The, the, you know it's gotta be I've gotta fast enough, I've got I've gotta I've gotta read enough. There there has to be something in human. And then you start beating yourself up, you start getting angry at who you are, and you start being religious. When God didn't call you into religion, he called you into relationship. All he told Peter was go and wait. I wish you would have gave me a pattern or a system, or some check boxes. If I got this check and this check, I'm going to put it on Trello, put it on, put it on Slack. I'm going to give me some help here, God, because, because I need this to happen in my time frame, and it's not happening in my time frame. So i got to work something up. So Peter, Peter gets up and goes, Hey, guys, Hey, I don't know if you remember, I think this is what we missed. I know we've been praying. I know that's all God asks us to do. I know he's out on the mountain, and, and you know, I know he knows what he's doing, but I think, I think we missed something. I think what it is is that we need another disciple. So Peter gets up and starts preaching this sermon. He's he's making it all dramatic. Like, remember Judas? Yeah, yeah, we remember Judas, bro. We we hung with him for three years. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we didn't forget him. He turned Jesus. Yeah, remember how he turned Jesus in and they came in in the guards and and then and then Jesus, you know, I cut off that guard's ear. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yo, just stood up. You know, and, and then he said and then he said, you know, afterwards he 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 got money and you know what he did with the money? He bought a field and as soon as he got in the field, he tripped and his intestines came out. Called the field of blood. Because you scared enough now, now because of that we don't need to replace him. This is what he's preaching. I'm reading this and at first I'm kind of taking it as, okay, God, but I know that God God doesn't just put our successes in the Bible. He, it's not like Instagram, our highlights. No, no, this is like the Instagram you don't want to tell anybody about. This is like your dirty laundry's out. Oh, you put that in there? I thought that. Why'd you put that out? Like here he is and he goes and then he starts preaching a sermon and then he starts grabbing scripture this is what we do when we don't understand god we we stop fitting our life into his word and we start trying to fit his word into our life we go to the youtube preachers we go to the prophets on facebook we go to the, the, the theologian that says how we want it to say or we just play bible roulette It's got to be something good that will help me out of this right now because I I don't want to do what God told me because it's too difficult to wait. The waiting is hard and God can't be in the waiting. He can't be in the process. He's only in the promise. So I got to find some, you know, and then then we go, no, the scripture's not working. I'm going to look for some kind of sign. I seen a billboard the other day. It said now. (laughs) Must be God. Must be God. I looked at a cloud. It was the shape of of my of my future wife there she is she's beautiful and then i saw her and they matched and i i thought hey you you know what hey lady hey girl god told me we're gonna get together she's like well he better tell me too because it takes two to prophesy and two to tangle right i mean we, we don't like the waiting we don't like this process we we i mean i don't do you i mean i want a building right now i want to see that thing on the screen one more time I don't want to see it not to 100, and I don't even care if it gets to 100. I just want a building. I want to walk in the building. I want to smell the building. I want to, I want to roll in that building. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be excited. I'm, I'm gonna, I, I, I can't wait. I, I go look in the arts district. I see buildings. I view buildings. I'm like, God, why am I even talking to this businessman? How does he have control over my destiny? I'm filling out papers trying to get him approve of me. No, you've already approved of me. Why don't I have this? And I hate the waiting. I hate waiting for the things God showed me. I get visions. I'm like, God, stop showing me stuff. You're messing with me. Leave me alone. We get angry. Ah, I don't want to wait on anything else. God goes, I'm in the waiting. I'm the God of the tension. Trying to teach you something in the waiting, I'm trying to show you something in the waiting. But we always mess it up. Hey, you know, so Peter starts grabbing random scriptures. I want to show you this because I, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever seen this, and, and I had never seen this. He starts reading from the book of psalms he goes hey for it was written in the book of psalms he said may his place be deserted let there be no one to dwell in it may another take his place of leadership so, so he just starts pulling scriptures i'm thinking i'm thinking when i read this i'm thinking he wouldn't grab some kind of prophecy in psalms about jesus so I, I went and looked it up so when i looked it up this revealed to me what was really happening because peter doesn't go grab one scripture he grabs two different scriptures in the middle of two different erroneous moments. Like, they have nothing to do with each other. And in fact, if you go read in Psalms, we, I can show you the, the, the scriptures in Psalms, he actually misquotes Psalms. I'm, I'm on the ground in my house going, what the heck are you doing, Peter? Are you kidding me. You almost messed me up. He misquotes Psalms. Look, the first part he takes is from may his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it. The Psalms actually says, let there be no one to dwell in his tent. Look at this. Uh, Which one is that? Can you put that one up? You already put it up? There it is. May there be their place be deserted. Let no one dwell in in their tents. Now put up the other Psalms verse that, that, that he took together. Right there may his days be few may another take his place of leadership psalms 109 8. if you read before and after in that same verse right there psalms 109 8 highlight it go look at it yourself he's talking about his enemies he's not talking about judas and peter's like okay what are we gonna do i don't know what to do so i'm just gonna take the word i'm gonna find two things that work and this is gonna be my message here's the message here's what god wants us to do And this is why we're hurt by the church. This is why we don't trust leadership. This is why we have a hard time because people take the word and they misuse it and manipulate it. And this doesn't just happen from pulpit. This happens in bedrooms. This happens on iPhones. This happens when you want to work something out and you want your way and and I want my way and I'm like, God, there's got to be a way and I'm looking for ways to make him say what I want him to say instead of God, you're God, I am the student, you're the teacher, I'm the son, you're the father, show me what you want to show me and God sometimes say, I already told you. We're like that crazy person that that gets lost all the time. We keep making right turns and left turns and the nav system said in a hundred miles turn right. You've you been like this? I'm like, hey, has it said anything yet? <laughs> it's been 10 minutes. I know, but maybe, maybe there was a change of route. Maybe there's accidents. Maybe there's some. Can you show me that? I need to see it because I need to see it and hear it at the same time. It's, it's 100 miles. My wife will look at me and say, it's 100 miles. We, you, we, you, we can listen to at least 32 songs. You could sing your favorite course uh, to, to Taylor Swift. We, we could do whatever you we want. We're not going to have to turn for a long time. God speaks, and we're like, Cool. Um, hey, what, what was that again? You sure you want me to go left or right? What, which way was it? Can you say it again? Can you say it through three more mentors? Can you give me five more signs? And God's like, oh, you don't like the waiting. You don't like the 100-mile journey? No, no, because ta- the place you're going is so great. It, it takes 100 miles to get there. Like, like, it's, this is a long-distance race, guys. This is an endurance challenge. This is not, I mean, it's easy to get saved. Jesus, come into my life. He paid all the price. But now to walk out your salvation? Paul said, I'm walking it out with fear and trembling. That's Paul. And here we are. want to walk it out with freedom and easiness. Here's Peter. He's like, hey. And then they do this. The Bible continues. And it says... Uh, he goes on to say, so, so what we got to do, and he starts making rules. He goes, first of all, it's got to be someone uh, that was there at the, at the baptism. You, you can see this yourself later. But it, it, it was someone there that was there with John. And they got to be there this long. I mean, nowhere in the Bible is this the qualification that Jesus used. I mean, he went up to tax collectors and sinners in their tax booth. There was no process. He just picked people. The Holy Spirit was picking people in Jesus. And then Peter goes, man, let's put a whole bunch of rules on this thing. Here's, here's how we're gonna find the last disciple because Judas is gone. We gotta replace him before the Holy Spirit shows up. So, so he goes, here's it first, it's gotta be there since Jesus it's got to be there at the baptism. And, and, then, and then he goes, Here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna get out the, the urn and the thurn. He says, or or, or 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 in their language, we're gonna cast lots. And, and literally they cast lots, which I didn't know what that was. I just knew they cast lots for Jesus' garments, the Roman soldiers. So I knew it was something in their society, but but they had taken it to their to their religion in fact the king or the the priest would wear a garment we, we seen that last week he would wear a, a a breastplate with different jewels in it and that was his outfit but remember remember they're going to be clothed like the priest remember that we are a royal priesthood he's given us new clothing but behind the the breastplate was this thing called the urim or the, in the therm or umatherman and just <laughs> say it like that so you remember and behind it, they would reach in. It was like, almost like a necklace-type thing. It was a sack with two different balls in it, a white a white stone and a black stone. And they would reach in and say, Holy Spirit, God, Father, are we supposed to go to war against this nation, or are we supposed to stay home? And literally, they would pull out a stone, and based on which stone they pulled out, one meant yes and one meant no. There's a picture of them right there. This is the process that they would do. This is called religion. Literally, you don't believe me? Go, go read in the book of Samuel. I mean, this, this will trip you up. So Peter's like, this sounds like a good idea. This is how we're going to pick the next guy who's supposed to be our pastor. He's supposed to be the leader. We're, we're going to pick our leader uh, because God must have missed this one. And, 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 and I, know, I know we're going to get the Holy Spirit in a few days and we won't need all this garbage. But, but here we go. Let's reach in and let's see who God chose. Oh, there he is. And they choose this guy named Matthias. Who do you think... The 12th apostle was? Someone said it. Say it louder. You you got the right answer. It's not a trick question. Who? Paul. It's the acts of the apostles. Really, it's the acts of Peter and Paul. The dude Paul was who God chose to replace Judas. But at this moment, ain't no human being going to choose Paul. Paul was killing the church. He was murdering Christians. He was bent on religion. You know, it's religion that sent Jesus to the cross to give us relationship. God's not going to pick Paul. Why would he ever pick Paul? He's the last guy God would pick. So man gets in the way and picks the most likely candidate when God's like, No, if I would have told you who I picked, you would have thought I was crazy. But you don't like waiting. So you keep messing it up. You keep picking people to be in your life that ain't supposed to be in your life. You kept, keep trying to date people that God said, no, you ain't ready yet. I told you to wait, not, not to pick in, in what looked best and what seemed best. No, no, the Holy Spirit's going to help you pick who you got. I'm going to give you, not a, not a girl, I'm going to give you a wife. But first you're in the waiting learning how to be a husband. God, God is saying that they I'm in the waiting. I'm, but I'm not in religion. I'm in relationship. And through relationship, I didn't put some kind of uh you know hieroglyphic understanding of what I wanted to do. I spoke it clear. Go and wait on me. I remember throughout my life of ministry, man, i I have messed this one up. You know what's funny is that as soon as as soon as <laughs> Acts chapter 2 hits, the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Meaning, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, it didn't matter what Peter did. It's just like Acts chapter 2, it's almost like God just cuts him off mid-sentence. When the day of Pentecost came, meaning Peter could do nothing to advance it or stop it, that God's just like, no, boom, that was the day. You didn't add to it. You didn't take away. This is good news for us. This is good news to the Peters in this room that keep trying to work it and have messed it up. And you're like, God, how are you ever going to redeem this thing? God said when the day of Pentecost had fully come, I showed up with the gift I promised. Even though you couldn't handle the waiting. I keep rushing the waiting. I don't know about you. I I, I get stressed out in the waiting. I get frazzled in the waiting. You know why? Because if you are trying to control the waiting, you're trying to be God. And we weren't meant to be God. I remember when I was, when I was just a young man, and, and, and still am a young man, but feel old sometimes. But when I was a really young man, I didn't have a beard, uh, and I was running a youth ministry. And I, I had this dream that our youth ministry would just take over a city. I mean, I would see youth and young adults in our city, and I thought, you know, man, I, I, I want them to know Jesus. I was so passionate about the things, I, and I had visions of it. I had visions of, of people coming to Christ in the hundreds and the thousands, I had visions of what they saw in the first church, and I, I felt like those visions were from God. I felt like God gave me those things, and and so we would do everything. So so every time it wouldn't happen, I'd, I'd go back to my office, like Pinky in the brain, and I'm like, okay, what are we gonna do tomorrow? We're gonna try to figure out how to take over the world again. And we'd sketch it out, we'd draw it out. And, I mean, we did crazy things. I remember bringing a. A 20-foot pool in the sanctuary and say, I'm going to bring up a a 20-foot pool. Our our sanctuary didn't even fit a 20-foot pool. I don't even know how people were in there with me. I did a front flip off a speaker this tall into a four-foot pool with a sword in my hand to try to get people to hear the gospel. I mean, we did this thing called the freak show where I was like, I went to a scary movie and I saw all these people going to scary movies. So I was like, I'm going to make a scary sermon. So literally I I made a sermon with clowns in it. That's scary. We had hundreds and thousands show up to these services, and then the next week, no one would be there. We, our, our, our crew would shrink. It would grow and shrink, and I remember one day, I was just like in my office. I was about to go out and preach, and I'm like, God, I can't do this. Like, I'm just in my office, like beating on the wall, like, God, I, I don't know what to do. I can't even, I, I don't want to preach to these guys. There, there's no one new there. There's, it's just the same thing. I've been I've been I've been staying up all night. I I made a I made a a, I read a whole play. I I I did whatever I needed to do. I've been working. I've been working. And God spoke to me. This He said, "Are you done working yet?" As clear as day, I heard Him say. He said, "Are you done yet?" He said, "I know. Are you done yet?" Because I didn't tell you to do all that. Are you done yet? And I'm like I'm in my office, literally, guys. I'm just not, I'm not kidding. I'm the pastor. I'm beating on my wall like like I'm beating on God's chest. Number one, I want to tell you, God can handle you beating on his chest. He can handle you testing your strength out on him. My son, I let him test his strength out on me. Why? Because he can't hurt me. Well, at least not yet. <laughs> right? He, he hit me as hard as you can. Well, I'm not going to hit him back as hard as I can. Test his strength on me. God, God's a dad. He's okay with you testing your strength on him. Sometimes you got to go, God, I don't understand. I'm not moving. I know you told me to wait. I'm not trying to manipulate this thing. I just need your help. And sometimes that's all God's waiting for. I'm yelling I'm in my office. I'm like, I don't even want to preach. And God goes, Good, your sermon wasn't that good. Seriously, He told me that. I'm like, okay. It was a TDJ's reheat. I know, I know. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on, somebody. I mean, I slap your weave. You know, I had it all down. People are looking at me like. How does this guy know about weaves? I'm like, don't worry about it. T Jake said it, it must be cool. God's like, rip that thing up. That's not yours. He's like, when you, I heard God say this. When you go out to that stage, I'll tell you what to say. I'm like, no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. I got to have a scripture. I got to have two points. I got to have some illustrations. And I went out and God tells me this. He said, he said call everyone that's sick in the room onto the stage. I mean, I'm a youth pastor. You, don't, that's, you see that on TVN or, or some cool uh, an event or, you know, that's going to happen at Bethel Redding. But that, that is, the youth group, this is youth group, Jesus. The, the, I don't even know if there's sick kids here. So I did. The stage was more full than the crowd. I'm looking at kids. They got, there's people with growths. There's people with, said so they got cancer. There's people that are in wheelchairs. I'm like, oh, dear God, where do these people come from? I'm like, God, you got me in a mess. Can I tell you this? God wants you to get in a mess so bad that he's the only one that can get you out. So if you're in a mess, stop worrying. Stop fretting. Stop being angry. Look, we're getting a pool at our new apartment. And if I'm sitting on the side of the pool and Braves running around the circles, and he just looks at me, and he runs as fast as he can and and dives in the pool. He doesn't know how to swim. He's three years old. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm like, ah! Oh! I don't even know if there's a phone in my pocket. I don't care. I don't care if I got a new outfit on. I'm diving in to save him. Why? Because he has is, he is, he is dove in somewhere he can't handle that I can. This is your God. He's a dad sitting on the side of the pool, and he's not mad. At, he's like, go ahead and dive in. Go ahead, go ahead and jump. I know I can save you. I know I can pull you. Look, God doesn't want to pull you out of a safe place. He wants to pull you out of a drowning place. And I was drowning. He goes, do you trust me? So I'm on the stage. He goes, just pray for him. Like, is there some certain kind of prayer? I've never prayed for a sick person. I don't know what to do. I didn't watch enough shows. I didn't do a Google on this. I don't, I don't. They didn't teach me in this Bible college. Go figure. They <laughs> didn't teach me how to pray for the sick in Bible college. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> you start praying for people. And sure enough, I pray for the first guy. He starts yelling. I'm like, what's going on? He's getting healed. And I'm like, I start getting a little more confidence. I'm like, all right, this is working. Look at this hand. Come on, baby. This is a hand. Let's do this. I mean, people start getting healed all over the stage. And I'm starting to get bold in the middle. I'm like, if you don't know Jesus, stand up to your feet. You're about to see a healing. Watch this guy get out of this wheelchair. And I'm like, I'm like who is this guy up here? so I'm, after service, I mean, every, I, I said, do you want Jesus? They're like, dude, I just see the guy get out of a wheelchair and walk, run across the stage. Can I have that? I'll take it. People are, I mean, it's not like close your eyes. They're letting me see you. And someone's like, okay. No, it's like, I want Jesus. Give me Jesus. I need that Jesus. Can you pray for me? And people grab my hand, put it on. I'm like, what's happening? I walk off the stage. I'm like, what was that? And God goes, did you like that? That's what I've called you to I said, that was awesome. I could do that. I don't even have, we can do that with three people. I don't, that was fun. Yeah. And God says, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Fun. And he goes, "Did you like me to do it next week? I said, let's do it. He said, okay, then I don't want you to work. For one week, I don't want you to be a youth pastor. I want you to pray eight hours a day. The hours you would have worked, I want you to come to me. But God, I got to write sermons. People got to come counsel." God spoke to this to me. He said, if anybody needs a counseling appointment, tell them to come pray with you. After 30 minutes, if they're still there, meet with them. No one lasted longer than 10. I don't know if God touched them, or they were just like, I can't hang. I gotta, I gotta go. I was like, no counseling? You can counsel people? This is great. I didn't know how to solve their problems anyways. I'm not Dr. Phil, you know. I'm, just, I'm praying all week. I'm like, God, I didn't even write a sermon, but I, I know you got something. Next week I get up there this sermon comes out I'm like I'm like I'm like dude this is better than what I reheated like this is good I'm like getting touched by my own message but it wasn't my message it was his in me it was his in the waiting it was his in the process crazy things happened that that night for sake of time I won't tell you the long story but that night there was a kid that was demon possessed now now look I hope I don't have to deal with any more demon possessed people. I mean, I'm not looking for demons. I'd rather look for angels. You know what I'm saying? But a kid gets up. I didn't know he's demon possessed. He just starts running down the front. I think he's answering the altar call or, or the inn. And he looks at me, and like this, like the craziest thing, like his face was contorted. It was crazy. And he's like growling at me. I'm like, okay, all right. And he had too many rock stars or something, you know? And, I, and so he starts running in the back. He grabs some random girl in the crowd and starts dragging her out of the room and he's like foaming, it's crazy, I'm like it's like, you know, some weird movie or something, so dude they didn't teach me that in Bible college either I don't know what to do in this moment, I'm like God, are you serious? (laughs) what do I do? and so I just closed my eyes and started praying I started saying, Jesus, I need your help within seconds, the guy's at my feet Uh, he was in the back, like this far seconds, he's at my feet, he's grabbing my legs let go of the girl, and he's begging me to stop praying I didn't stop praying. <laughs> I turned it up. I'm like, yes, Jesus. Whatever you want to do to this guy, I don't know what you want to do. And I, and I put my hand on his head. And kid you not, who was in my youth group that was there? If you were in my youth group, raise your hand. Okay, raise your hand so they can see. I'm not, am, I, am I lying about this? Am I making this bigger than it is? Am I doing a Peter right now? No, no. This, was, this happened. He, he, what, did he, what did he do? He flipped backwards on his back. I touched him like this. He flipped backward and he started squirming all over the floor. And I'm like, oh God, drop the mic. I don't want to touch this. I don't know what to do. And I hear the Holy Spirit say this: Don't try to don't try to do what you think you need to do with that. Have him go in the back room and it will be gone easy. I'm like, but I thought we need to make a big show. And God's like, no, he's trying to steal what I want to do right now. So we did that, and I'm telling you, everybody got saved that day. Everyone was like, Well, oh, I don't want that. I'll take I'll take Jesus. <laughs> And I started learning that when God runs my life, He does a lot better job. I love this, uh, and, and I finish with this, uh, because what is the tension? Because Peter couldn't handle the tension. Peter, Peter couldn't handle the awkwardness of not seeing it now. Because he, he said, oh, it's going to happen. He couldn't, couldn't handle that. So, so instead of just waiting... Because right after this, we see Peter preach one of the baddest messages of his life. I mean, he preaches to 40, 50,000 people, maybe 300,000 people. 3,000 people are cut to the heart. These are people that killed Jesus. He's like, you killed Jesus, and you need Jesus. And they're like, how do we do it? I mean, he preached the great, but he preaches not with the religious thing inside of him, but with the relationship of the Holy Spirit's power on his life. He walked into his job. To minister to his boss different than he used to he walked into his family on christmas different than he, you understand what i'm saying he walked into his financial situation different than he did before something shifted something changed something was different about peter post holy spirit showing up and transforming his life why because he got a new uma thurman he got holy spirit and Holy Spirit is a guide. He will light, he, he is a light. He is a blinding light, baby. He will come in and cast away all darkness. You say, "Holy Spirit, I don't need 10 signs in the clouds. I just need your still small voice telling me which way to go, where to stand, where to st-. But why is the tension? Why the waiting? Why is God in the waiting? I don't understand why the waiting? Well, I'm glad you asked. Isaiah 49. Look at this. I want to read you. This is the last thing I'll say. Isaiah 49. It says, listen to me, you islands. Isaiah 49.1. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant lands. Before I was formed and born, the Lord called me. From my birth, he has made mention of my name. Some of you got to get an attitude with your dream. Some of you got to get an attitude with the thing that keeps telling you you never get here. You never do. No, 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 no. I, I, know, I know you're far away and I know it doesn't look like it makes sense. And I, I know it shouldn't be. And, but, I, but I do le- need to let you know that I met with Jesus. I ate with Jesus. And he called, he said, I'm going to end up at you, distant land. He said, I'm going to end up at you, island. He made mention of my name. When the stars were formed, he knew I would be born in this day and this age. every time the building yells at me, I'm yelling back at the building. No, I will have a building in Jesus' name. No, this church will prosper in Jesus' name. No, no, we're going to have families. We're going to have young adults. We're going to have an explosion in this city. God, you're going to bring revival to this nation. Do you know who I am? That's what what he said. He said, you need to tell it. Do you know who I am? Then he says this. This is my favorite part. He made my mouth, verse 2, like a sharpened sword. God is sharpening your words. He's sharpening your mouth. Look, quit, quit talking negative talks. Quit, quit complaining and start prophesying. He's sharpening your words in the waiting. He's sharpening your, your, your purpose in the waiting. This is why you got to get an attitude with stuff. Because that attitude is you prophesying life over death. If you're in front of death, start prophesying life. Let him sharpen you. How, does, how do you sharpen things? Iron sharpens iron. There's sparks that fly. There's problems that happen. God is sharpening you. Anybody being sharpened in this room? Anybody going through some situations in this room? God's changing your speech. He's uniting your speech with heaven. Look, you got a family member that's sick. You stop talking about him being sick. And you start speaking about him being whole. Jesus, I believe that you called me. You put me here to believe this. And then he said this, in the shadow of his hand, he hid me. Some of you feel like you're in the dark. You are. but That doesn't mean you're not with God. Because inside my hand, it's dark. Some of you are covered by him thinking you've been abandoned by him. I wonder how many times in my life I thought I was left out. God left me in the dark when he is the light. No, he's like, the only reason why it's dark is because I got you. I got you covered on the right side, on the left side. I got you covered above. I got you covered underneath. You can't see because I got you covered. He said, you hid me. God is hiding you in the shadow of his hand. He's hiding your purpose. He's hiding. Look, you're like, why can't they see it? Why can't people believe in me? God's hiding you. He's hiding you. Why is he hiding you? You're the Trojan horse. You're hidden. You're a weapon of warfare to this city. You're like, man, I've been hidden. and I'm an orphan. I've been gone through this. I've gone through that. I'm no good. I'm not very smart. Whatever you say that God is hiding you, he's hiding you. Because underneath his hand, in the shadow of his hand, he made me a polished arrow. And he concealed me in his quiver. I need that prop. Can you bring that to me? He's been making me into an arrow. He hid me in his hand. He's made me aerodynamic. He's got a purpose and a plan. I'm not moving forward yet. I haven't got to the purpose yet. Why am I, Why is God still building in me? Why is he still working in me? What? what? He's, he's, he's concealed you. Why? Because the enemy cannot know what weapon he has because as soon as he sees the weapon that he has in his hand, he's going to be running for the hills, and then God goes okay, I need an assistant <laughs> right here, Come here, come on will you put this in your mouth and go over there <laughs> yeah, in your mouth, I'm going to shoot it out of your mouth don't worry I'm an expert, marksman I got this thing upside down I think I do Why are you freaking out? Because the purpose of stretching and going backwards is to stay right where you're at, right? Oh, God's God's just leaving you hanging here, right? This arrow is not going to go forward. Why are you worried? Because if it's going backwards, it's going backwards. It's just, just purposeless. It just has... Has no forward advance to it. If it's just going back, why are you worried about it going forward? Because you keep thinking that you're not going forward. You keep treating the stretching and the pulling and the tension in your life like God's not in it. Like he's not doing something in the tension. And and you keep thinking, oh, no, I'm here for life. And I'm just, I'm stuck here. And, oh, God, why'd you even make me an arrow? You keep pulling me back. You pull me back another. I was going forward. And then all my friends were released. And here I am back at the same old place dealing with the same old stuff, in the same old situation, in the same old finances, with the same old family. And God goes, I'm the God of the tension. I wish you could see what the tension is doing. I wish you could see what I'm birthing in you. I wish you could see I'm trying to prepare something. It's far away. It's an island that's a long ways away. I'm an expert marksman. Do you understand who I am? I'm not pulling you back to set you back. Every setback is a setup for a comeback. I'm believing that a generation would rise and say, God, we trust you. We trust your hand on our life. God, we trust that if there's only 11 disciples, you didn't tell us to fulfill that last role. You got some crazy dude in the waiting that we don't even know is coming. You got a Paul that's going to be transformed and we even ready to handle it. God, I know if I can't see it, it must be so big that it would blow my mind, blow my understanding. I dare somebody in this room to praise God in the tension. I dare somebody in this room to praise God in the waiting, in the process, in the timing and say, God, we ain't turning to religion. We're turning to relationship. You got us. You got us. You got me in my... I said, I'm looking for some people to praise him in the waiting. I'm looking for some people to get some radical praise. inside to, to out-praise this band. To out-praise this team. To look silly for a second. Say, God, I'm in the waiting. I'm in the anticipating. But I'm believing. You got me. You got me. I'm looking for some people to get some attitude against their dreams, some attitude against the promise. God, I know you got something big for me. God, I know you weren't lying when you told me. I heard your voice. I know who you are. Come on, let's worship. Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit FearlessLA.com slash FearlessTV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.